This is Fundraising Radio, and today's a guest speaker. We have Christina Francis, principal at the Marathon Fund and also a member of Pipeline Angels. And in this episode, we'll mostly focus on the current situation in the COVID and we'll also talk about post-COVID situation. So how you should prepare for fundraising once the coronavirus is over. So Christina, let's kick off by you giving us some background on yourself and on the Marathon Fund. Absolutely, Constantine, thank you for uh, having me on the show today. So I'm Christina Francis. I'm based in Northern Virginia, right outside of DC. Uh, my background is a bit interesting as I've, I've had a, a different journey, I think, than most into venture capital and angel investing. I spent 20 years as a management consultant focused on software development, engineering, and cyber, uh, particularly building enterprise applications for our Department of Defense. About four years ago, I decided that I wanted to try something a little different and bet on myself. So I started my own IT consulting company. And in parallel, I actually became an angel investor with Pipeline Angels, which was a transformative experience for me. Uh, if you don't know, Pipeline Angels is truly trying to change the face of angel investors and creating capital for women and non-binary femme social entrepreneurs. Um, we typically serve as the friends and family round for entrepreneurs who don't already have that support at that critical stage. As you know, that's one of the hardest stages to actually get funding. And so I joined Pipeline Angels. We had a cohort of women that I still talk to today. In fact, a few of them, uh, Aurelia Flores and I, who are Pipeline Angels and another individual, Zena Island, started a podcast called Get Found, Get Funded that uh, is supportive of all entrepreneurs, but we feature those on the show that are eligible for angel and VC funding. Uh, we know that that's a small amount of entrepreneurs, but our goal with that podcast is to actually help change the startup space, make it more inclusive, and to help paint the picture of VC and angel investing for those entrepreneurs. Sounds good. I'll definitely leave a link to that podcast, by the way, in the description of this episode. So if someone's curious, check it out for sure. So let's first talk about Pipeline Angels. Uh, I have interviewed several people from Golden Seeds, mm -hmm. and it feels like their mission is pretty similar to yours. So they're really focused on funding female founders as well. How how are you special? Can you Can you tell me something about that? I, you know, I, one of the things I think about Pipeline, in fact, many Pipeline angels go on to become angels at Golden Seeds. So I see Pipeline as one of the kind of the beginning part of that angel experience. Uh, many of us are um, new to angel investing. Uh, I think Natalia Alberta Noguera, who is the founder of Pipeline Angels, did a great job in that she creates cohorts of investors. So I was, for example, in the DC cohort. We had four people in my cohort. Their cohorts in New York and Boston, Miami, Austin, Texas, you know, Portland, Chicago, all across the United States. And so what happens is you go through um, an angel investment boot camp, you learn about angel investing, and then together your cohort actually does a pitch competition. You select down select. In our case, we down selected uh, three companies from a group of 12 amazing women entrepreneurs. And then we do the due diligence on those companies. So you get hands-on experience actually going through due diligence and then as a group decide who, uh, with whom you will invest. Um, oftentimes Pipeline Angels take on board seats of these companies uh, and then we create a partnership. You know, while we invest in the company, we also provide advisory support. One of the first companies I invested in about four years ago, I still I'm in contact with the um, with the entrepreneur and I provide advice. She'll call me for advice. 
Uh, and so it's more of a that true friends and family round. Uh, and then again, you know, outside of the investment, it is creating a network of like-minded women who want to see other women succeed. So I think that's why we are a bit different. We're creating that network effect and that network effect going beyond the investment. Mm -hmm. Got it. Now I'm actually interested in this cohort and <laughs> this kind of school for angel investors. What exactly do you learn there? So what are they teaching you there? So, you know, what's unique about the training, I think that N Natalia puts together, uh, she also has an angle of bias, right? And so we see a lot of bias right now in investing. Um, you know, there are tons of reports. Darren Dodson and, and Illumin Capital did a great report, I think about a year and a half ago on bias in investing itself. And so one of the things that Natalia does in that is critical to being a pipeline angel is to really try and understand yourself as an investor and take your bias out of investing. Oftentimes, you know, investing right now, particularly VCs, it's white male dominated. Uh, and therefore we don't see a lot of women, uh, people of color getting at as, you know, as many investments as they should. And so what Pipeline does is it's really intentional about investing in women and women of color and particularly non-binary femme uh, investors as well. Mm hmm. Got it. So how exactly do you source your deals? So at Pipeline Angels, do you mostly get inbound? Do you get references from other uh, angel groups or where do most of your deals actually come from? It's a combination. We get tons of inbound. Um, you know, again, with the training and boot camps, it happens twice a year right now and across multiple cities. So, um, you know, there's advertisement that goes out to apply to be part of the pitch and, and um, entrepreneurs can apply to be part of one city. They can apply, for example, in DC, but then they can also apply to pitch to the New York cohort or the uh, Boston cohort. Uh, in addition, we do have, um, you know, again, partnerships with other angel groups across, uh, across the nation. Golden Seeds is, is one partner. Um, and so we do get uh, referrals from other angel investment groups that will refer pipeline to uh, an entrepreneur. Um, we also get uh, referrals from entrepreneurs who have gone through the pipeline program, who have gotten invested, who had, had a great experience, and they will refer their friends to this process. I think one of the things that I've heard with entrepreneurs that have gone through the pipeline um, uh, pitch competition, it's pretty unique in that we actually allow the entrepreneurs to hear the pitches of other of the others pitching in that cohort. And those entrepreneurs, when they go through the experience, I've seen them you know, forge bonds together, learn from each other in terms of pitching, learn from the questions that are asked during the, that pitching experience. Um, you know, and then and then they might refer friends or others that are looking for a pitch competition that is more comfortable, um, you know, or, you know, providing that feedback that they may not get by pitching just to another angel investment group or to a VC. Mm -hmm. Right. So speaking of pitching, what are the major mistakes that you see during the pitch, during an actual verbal pitch? So maybe the founder speaks too fast, maybe they speak too slow, or maybe they focus too much on the presentation. What's that that really, uh, you know, drives you away, doesn't, makes you not like the founder, basically. Yeah, and there, there's very rarely any scenario where I haven't liked the founder. Um, what for me, what captures me is when an entrepreneur is able to tell the story of their business. Um, I like to understand the origin of why a business has started. 
I like to uh, hear from the entrepreneur their perspective or their experience within the industry. And what I mean by that is, you know, really understanding the competitive landscape, understanding their numbers and numbers, not just in terms of their uh, business model, but numbers in terms of, uh, you know, the customer, you know, customer acquisition, what types of customers, um, you, know, are, you know, are they selling to? Particularly now, how the customer acquisition process is changing with COVID. Um, I've seen a lot of a recent pitch, pitch, um, pitch decks and uh, folks that are pitching that are that don't understand how COVID is impacting their business. The ones that are standing out to me right now are the ones who know by the number how COVID is impacting their business and have a plan for pivoting. Um, and then the other part is really. Uh, I, I think a lot of founders miss the opportunity to talk about their team and how you know special or different their team is compared to their competitors or you know moving in the market. Mm -hmm. Got it. So now let's talk about coronavirus. So mm -hmm. not about it itself, of course. I don't really care about it. Let's talk about fundraising during coronavirus. So how how have Pipeline Angels reacted to this? How are they doing now? Are they actively investing? Were they actively investing when the pandemic just hit? How did they react, basically? Yeah, and I, I think you know we saw um, different reactions. So I think there are more angels that saw opportunity within uh, the, this COVID timeframe. Um, you know, some of the previous investments that Pipeline Angels have made in companies, uh, some folks are doubling down on those investments that they've made. Uh, and making sure that those founders have follow-on funding or enough funding to continue through this pandemic. Uh, we saw that there are some companies that pre-COVID may not have been doing as well, but post-COVID because they have, you know, a technology or a product that people are buying now during COVID um, that we've seen, you know, th their need for fundraising increase. Um, so I, I think we've seen just, again, kind of a, a multiple approaches to fundraising. Uh, I would say for entrepreneurs, it is to find out who is investing and target those individuals, reach out, share what the company is. Again, give that pitch around, here's my company, here's, you know, here's how I'm doing in terms of numbers, here's what COVID has, has told us about our, um, about our, um, about our audience, and here's how we're pivoting, and here's what we need from an investor, whether it's a new investor or potentially going back to the investors that they've had. Um, you know, COVID has, has definitely shaken up the environment across the board. I am, as an investor, particularly excited about some of the companies that I'm seeing, particularly in the healthcare, ed, ed tech, fintech, and govtech spaces. Right, that's pretty interesting. And we'll actually come back to govtech later on because that's a really fun topic and we'll definitely discuss it but first i want to ask you how how should founders identify those people who are still actively investing so basically everyone's saying like hey yeah we're business as usual but in fact most of them are not so how should founders figure out who is actually business as usual and who is not really so you know i think there are different ways to do it i is funny because i was actually talking to a colleague the other day who has now gotten extremely vocal on twitter and he's mentioned that just in the last two weeks he's gotten a lot of inbound from entrepreneurs so one i would leverage and utilize social media as much as possible twitter it seems 
Um, if you are looking for funding or want to share more about your business, put it out there and see who reaches back out to you. Um, there's lots of inbound coming that way. I think the other is, you know, do research, you know, PitchBook, uh, you know, other resources, uh, TechCrunch have lots of great articles that are coming out now that are listing, um, you know, not just angel groups, but also early stage investors that are actively looking for investments and they'll talk about the areas that they're looking for. So one is do your, as an entrepreneur to do your due diligence. Do your due diligence in that uh, aspect. Um, the, you know, the other, and I've had this conversation just yesterday uh, with a group of early stage investors is typically early stage investors are really interested in companies and kind of perk up when companies don't necessarily need the funding right now, but are, are doing their uh, you know, kind of shopping around, right? Mm -hmm. You don't want to approach, approaching an investor with the desperation of, I need this money right now or else my company's going to fail is not the best approach. And I actually have seen that, unfortunately, the last couple of weeks as well. What you want to do is really take a concerted effort, be strategic, uh, and look for funding before you actually need it. That's that's great advice. That's true. So let's talk about your personal investment thesis. So you are doing angel investments with Pipeline Angels. How did you personally react to your coronavirus? How did you, did you just decide to wait for the dust to settle down or do you try to watch how others react and just follow them? How, how did you personally react? So I love that question. So for me, uh, so I'm, I love data and numbers. Um, my, my thesis in general is focusing on women-owned, women-led businesses, particularly businesses led by women of color. Um, I think Corona and COVID, one of the areas that I'm adding to this is businesses that are family businesses and or uh, led by women who have children. And I'll tell you why. 90% um, of women reinvest their salary or their income into their family. And what we've seen with COVID, 41% uh, of Black-owned businesses that exist today will not exist tomorrow. And when you put those two numbers together and you think about the impact of businesses closing and particularly women <clears throat> and reinvesting in their families, I fear for this next generation. And so one of the things that I want to do is to make sure that women, particularly women who have children, who have businesses, I want to make sure that their businesses are sustaining during this time, have a path for growth, and then have a path to scale. And so I am doubling down on those businesses, particularly in, again, those areas of GovTech, healthcare, edtech, and fintech. Mm -hmm. Got it. So um, any particular advice to founders right now who are planning to raise sometime soon within like three months, so maybe coronavirus will not be over at that mm -hmm. point. What's your advice to those people? My advice is to think in terms of milestones. Um, you know, I think pre-COVID, uh, you know, folks may sit, you know, may have approached uh, angels and or early stage funds and they would say, you know, I'm raising 1.5 million or raising 2 million for, I would ask that entrepreneurs now look at what they need and break it down into milestones and be able to answer the question of what is your next milestone and how much do you need to actually meet that milestone rather than looking, uh, or, or in addition to, I should say, not rather than, in addition to looking at that long-term investment goal of 1.5 or 2 million or whatever it is, valuations are definitely 
uh, being challenged and changing uh, depending on where you are in the nation, depending on um, you know what uh, investment group that you're working with. So I would say for entrepreneurs, be you know really double down on your numbers, understand what milestones you're working towards, and put a, a milestone fundraising plan together. Mm-hmm. Milestone fundraising plan. Can you give an example of that? Yeah, so I recently spoke to a young woman who um, has a tech tech business, and in order to to really maximize uh, the the types of um, individuals she wants on the platform, she has to add additional functionality. So she could ask, you know, she was asking for 1.2 million, but as we broke down really what she needed to get to 5,000 downloads. There was one part of the application or the the app that she needed to add functionality, and that was going to cost two hundred and fifty thousand. So what I advised her is to really double down on getting that two hundred and fifty thousand, making sure that two hundred fifty thousand trend translated into the five thousand downloads that she needed. So then that she can look at the next tranche of money, which was five hundred thousand, and you you know growing that into the amount of money that she actually needed, which again was around two million. Um, so again, focused on what do you need for that first milestone so that you can show growth, whether that's in customer acquisition, whether that's in revenue growth, whether that's in finalizing a platform in this case, if you're working with technology and then continue to show that growth over time. That's actually good, good advice. Yeah. Sometimes founders just try to, to raise a whole lump sum and they do not consider you know breaking it down so that's that's great advice and on that great advice we're probably moving on to the last uh question of today's episode which is a call to action what's the one thing that you would like the listener to do as soon as the episode is over uh so i would invite listeners uh, if they want to follow me or uh, link in with me on linkedin that is one of the best places to get in touch with me I would offer two things. One is uh, reach out. I'm happy to set, you know, 30 minute conversations with folks who are in the fundraising process and provide my thoughts on that. I think the first 10 people who do that, I will um, make sure that I prioritize them. Uh, The second call to action, I would say, is to take a step back for an hour uh, in the day and to really reposition the thought process around investing or, or, or approaching your fundraising and what investment you need and to write down your top three goals and then to crush those goals in the next two weeks. Right. I think writing down goals, specific goals and reaching those milestones, that's that's really good. That's great advice that really makes you focus. So thanks a lot for that, Christina. We'll wrap it up here. Thanks a lot for coming up and for sharing your thoughts on this process and stay safe during coronavirus. You too, Constantine.